Hi, my name is Sam Siri. This is John Hayes. And this is podcast number one for the Outline Podcast. Podcast. That was good. That was nice. That was pretty good. Uh, today we're going to be talking with a friend of ours and a New York-based actor, Adam Potter, who is recently the star of our Santa's Helper short that we just put out for Christmas. And uh, we're going to talk about what Adam has been up to, uh, his life, kind of the experience of making the short. But before we get to that, let's talk about some stuff happening in movies today. We got our first look at Colin Farrell as Penguin. Oh, yeah, we did. Yeah. And I think he looks pretty cool. He's got, like, white hair. He's got a little little goatee thing going on. And he's got, like, a gut. He's, like, put on some weight, like, in that, in, uh, what's that, sake, uh, oh, no, well, um, The Lobster, the Yoverse Latimos movie. But, yeah, he's put on some weight. All of the stuff that he's been choosing to do recently has been really cool. Something that I definitely wanted to talk about is we have all the Oscar news coming out. Um, looking at the nominations, for me anyways, this feels like a very outdated Oscar year. Um, it feels very uninclusive. Um, you know, and also Adam's sitting with us here, and I would love to hear, Adam, what you think. Um, looking at, I guess, looking at kind of the award shows this year between the Golden Globes and Oscars, just, just the nominations, what is your, what would be your barometer take right now of, um, where everything, of movies this year? What's your, what's your general takeaway and feeling for the award shows? Uh, I mean, award shows are award shows. Um, some, uh, sometimes they're really great. Uh, I don't think that they always cast a true representation of some of the art that's out there. Mm-hmm. Agreed. Uh, mm-hmm. uh, one thing that comes to mind, it's not a film, but it's a, um, I guess what would be considered a, a miniseries. One thing that really hit me this uh, this year was uh, on Netflix. Um, I believe it was Netflix. Uh, the Spy, uh, which is oh, Sasha Baron Cohen. Oh, I didn't see that. Uh, it's one of the best things I think he's ever done. And, you know, he's usually this zany crazy comedic um type of actor with uh uh pretty amazing roles in, in that that genre um mm-hmm. of a character actor but what he does in this dramatic role as the spy um as as the true life spy ellie from israel that infiltrates into syria I mean, it's, it's a beautiful story i think it's like six episodes so i mean i highly recommend that but i was shocked um that there wasn't more hype about it he was nominated for a golden globe okay um yeah. but uh, and I, I forget who he who he lost to. Not that not that winning losing. I mean, he was nominated, but like, mm-hmm. um, but I, I was a little shocked there wasn't more hype on on that specific yeah. piece of art. I have to say I've heard two different people, or maybe more than that, say that that it's uh, amazing. But when I saw the trailer, I was like, oh, I don't know how I feel about mm-hmm. this. So mm-hmm. I am really interested to uh, to um, to see it. Um, it reminded me of like a. Jim Carrey esque, you know, he's that comedic type of actor that you always see, and then you know you, you saw Jim Carrey go into some dramatic roles. Steve Carell as well, yeah. you know, does some beautiful dramatic roles as well. And so it was really just refreshing to see him. He's an interesting one the, too because he he uh, he and he is crazy and out there and stuff. But all the stuff that he does, all of his characters are really well rounded, and yeah. they always come from a very like 
kind of serious place with, and everything he does has this like social commentary thing about it. Um, Adam, did you get to see Little Women? I know. The Greta, it's... I haven't seen it either. It was definitely like, that was one that I went into really thinking that it was going to be impossible to, to pull. I thought that was a very difficult movie to pull off just because if you were just to do that movie straight, it wouldn't land. And then if you make it too modern, you pull away from the, the, the fact that like the story was of its time and was important for its time. So you have to ride this balance between keeping it contemporary while also keeping it, you know, an 1800s story. And most of the time, I think that's impossible to pull off. But by the time I walked out of that movie theater, I had cried. I thought that she had found the perfect balance of both. I think the cinematography was incredible. There were She's um, said in a couple interviews that she looked at pictures and paintings yeah. and she based her, you know, her yeah, framing off of that. Totally see that. Um, yeah, so so that was that's a real disappointment that she, I think she was kind of snubbed at the Golden Globes completely. Um, I think the yeah the biggest just takeaway from that for these not for this award season is just how can there not be more women? Like, yeah, nominated? that feels very present. And when you look at like the directors and the stuff that were nominated, it's like Scorsese. Scorsese doesn't need to be there. Like, no. he doesn't need to be there this year. He's an amazing director. He doesn't need to be there this year. And no. that needs to be you know Greta Gerwig, or it needs to be like Jennifer Kent who did Babadook and The Nightingale this year, or like just so many cool movies that have been overlooked and. And there's definitely women out there who've made amazing movies this year. Yeah. Um, those are our thoughts right now about everything that's been happening the past week or so with movies. Um, and now we want to start talking about Adam. Um, <laughs> that's funny because I, I wanted to keep talking about the Oscars. I had oh, we can come. We can, come, we can, no, we can okay. definitely come back around. But let's, <laughs> let's, let's talk a little bit about you, man. Um, What's up, man? Hi, everybody. So... We met Adam. Me and John met Adam. We were on a, uh, a and, tour. And Miss Nissa Duke. And Nissa. Nissa's over here uh, making sure that we are on time and that we She's are... She's producing. She is producing right now in the corner. So hi, Nissa. Nissa, if you want to say hi. Huh? That was super. That was, that was her. She's very one... One symbolic. <laughs> one symbolic, yeah. <laughs> okay, dude. So let's start kind of at the beginning for you you have um, an interesting beginning i have a weird story yeah so when <laughs> what what got you into acting what what made you kind of fall in like there? in my life in your like life yeah, yeah in your in your life just oh I always say that my uh my three older sisters dressing me up as goldilocks and they were the three bears when i was really little <laughs> launched me into uh, the world of wardrobe and costuming and that's being amazing. somebody else isn't that great yeah that's amazing that's the truth <laughs> I guess I was always the kid that, um, I mean, I've got pictures of like me putting on my dad's clothes and, and with weird suspenders on and being the clown before I was ever a, a true clown and, and stuff like that. Uh, I, I don't know. I was always that kid. Um, sadly, like growing up, I never had a, like a theater department in my, my school system. Um, we had an amazing like choral department. Um, so I, I always grew up singing, um, and oddly enough, I don't think you find this much anymore. Like my choir teacher was my choir teacher my entire. Oh wow! Um, oh wow! From kindergarten, with with the exception of one year, I think like her assistant did a fourth grade or something like that. But but she was she was like my choral 
instructor from kindergarten until 12th grade and so did you did you find yourself program um did you find yourself more music-based than acting yeah starting out yeah for sure and then the only acting i truly did besides just being goofy and doing stuff at home uh was like you know like so many people like church pageants or you know little a school play every now and then but you know just it, there was no department. There was nothing that was really aimed at that. Um, but then, uh, when I went to college, I went to play baseball. And after a couple of years of playing baseball, uh, kind of got sick of it. Kind of helps when you have a sucky coach. But uh, and you know you're not going to play any more than college ball. So I, I stepped away from it. And uh, what was kind of left in the void was. Um, a theater department I was really interested in. So I got involved and, and then I graduated a couple of years later with a theater degree. So, um, that I did very little with for about 15 years. <laughs> yeah. That's, that's an interesting story too. Did, did, there, was there something that like drew you? Was it just kind of out of the blue or were you always kind of interested in, in the theater? Always was. Um, so I guess make a long story short, like when I was in, when I was doing my undergrad at a little school in Kentucky called Kentucky Wesleyan, uh, they would always take a trip to New York City every spring break, and it was like an alumni or alumni would tie into the trip. But there was a business class, uh, sociology slash nursing class, and then the theater class that were upper upper level hours. Um, you'd meet, I don't know, a handful of times before you'd make the trip, and then each morning while you were here in New York for say 10 days you'd have class in the morning then you would go do stuff as those classes during the night or during the afternoon and then at night everybody would come together and see shows and as a member of like that theater class uh we were encouraged to go buy extra tickets to go see um matinees different shows that weren't included in the package and you're already seeing like nine shows for the week uh, which is a ton but then I left several. I, went, I did this trip three times in a row too. So like, um, I would leave seeing like eleven, twelve, thirteen shows one year. I think I even saw. Yeah, you, know, you were theatered out by the end of the week. But yeah. it was amazing for me, you know. And um, one of those shows that I bought was a show called Stanley. It was a play, one man play that had come over from the West End, and it was playing at Circle and Square Theater on Fiftieth and Broadway. And when I went to that show, I saw this big sign on the window that says Circle in the Square Theater School. And I was like, well, that's cool. I didn't know there was a conservatory here. This was like 1997. Anyway, for like 15 years, it was in the back of my mind, you know, one day, you know, wouldn't, wouldn't you love to dream and like come to come to school in, uh, in New York and, and study theater and so I never thought it would happen. And then, you know, I found myself years later um, with life changes, uh, life changes happening and, um, um, that I just did a 180 in life, and I said, screw it, and sold my house, and my dog and I moved up here, and I, I went to school. Because you wow. took, like, the, uh, the the Scorsese approach into <laughs> into acting, mm-hmm. or into filmmaking, or, you know, that, yeah. that world, because yeah. he was like, Scorsese wanted to be a, 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 a go into, what is, it, what, 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 is, what is the actual word for that, go into... Uh, the church, yeah, to be a, oh shit, to be like a vocational I mean, ministry. Wow. Yeah, 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 yeah. Well, that's what I did for fifteen years. Uh, well, twelve years. Uh, 
that's what happened when, when, when you left college, you got into... Well, when I first left college, I went to Nashville, Tennessee, and for three years I played country music professionally um, and was, uh, was lucky enough to tour the country with a group called the Fox Brothers, who nobody's probably heard that's of. Incredible. I did not know that. Um, and I played guitar, mandolin, a uh, little bit of trumpet, and um, sang bass harmonies for that group for close to three years. And in that time, got to play at the Ryman Auditorium and the Roy A. Cuff Theater at the Grand Ole Opry, and we won four major awards, three of which were the CCMA awards that were held at the Ryman Auditorium, and they were Vocal Group of the Year once, and two years running, we won Entertainer of the Year. Uh, For that little little niche, the little niche of the industry. Um, And then I was burnt out because we were on the road like 250 days a year, which is a lot. These yeah. guys can tell you what it feels like to, to tour, but like 250 days a year, that's just crazy. And so I was like a young 26-year-old, burnt out. All I wanted was a house and a girlfriend. I mean, <laughs> so <laughs> I moved back to uh, Kentucky and literally kind of fell into um, ministry opportunities, which is what I chose to do for, for a dozen years following. Yeah. So just like building the building the life and the you have the good you have like that steady twelve year job you have yep. like a whole infrastructure sure. and then you just decide up up and left up and up and leave it yeah yeah wow yeah two thousand twelve was a tough year you know there's things that happen in personal aspects of life that you know make you check yourself and wonder what the heck's going on in my life and um I, so I, I felt. I had, um, I had uh, left the job that I was uh, had been working, and was just trying to really search and find what was going on. And what kept coming back was acting. Mm-hmm. Um, and to be fair, like I had gotten involved a little bit in acting as a hobby. Um, those last few years, like two thousand nine, two thousand ten, eleven, uh, and was running down in Nashville and doing some auditions and. Had booked a couple of little jobs. So the uh, bug was definitely... Uh, yeah, the bu- bug was... It, it was always there. Um, but I had, uh, you know, done done a couple of little commercials and things like that. And then so when it came time to, like, really assess what was going on in my life, the, the only thing that kept coming back to me was, why not? Yeah. You know, why not? Yeah. I, I, you only live once, and uh, life flies by so fast. So, like, why? Why the heck not? So I, uh, I submitted my materials to Circle in the Square... And uh, got uh, notification back. Um, I love this timeline. Like, I guess February or so, I got notification back uh, uh, in 2013 that, okay, yeah, you know, we, we'd love to see you. Here's your audition date. And uh, I don't think I'll ever forget the day. It was May 7th. So I flew up for like a little mini me vacation to New York, saw a couple shows, did the audition, flew back. And when I got back to my house in Kentucky, um, at the end of that week, uh, my, the acceptance letter was in my mailbox. And so I put my house up for sale at the end of May. I sold it in June. I closed on it in July and I moved to New York in August and I started school. Wow. So you, okay. Wow. So college for college for baseball, baseball is not, yeah, I'm not a major leader. you, You graduate with a degree in theater. Um, and then spend, Three years touring with a with a band, yep. you know, and then spend twelve years being a youth minister, mm-hmm. and then 
uproot that entire I mean that to me that's create that's 12 years of, of roots and and just to, to go you know what nope I'm, 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 I'm gonna just do this thing and and that's that's incredible uh, so you up up and leave and you go after that one place that you saw that one time they're like wouldn't that be nice if yeah and that just happens to like that's it's incredible that it worked out that yeah. that worked it that usually plan goes the opposite way yeah yeah that's very true yeah. like, i was i wouldn't have been surprised if you had said and it didn't i didn't get into that but i still came up here you know anyways <laughs> and i made it you know but the fact that you were able to to do that is really really impressive so now that i guess does that does that bring us kind of up to up to tour kind of where we met yeah 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 so when you were doing the show, what was your, your experience? Because you were, so Adam was a understudy for two different roles on the show. Um, a swing. A swing? Yeah. Is that what, for I, both? Would you call a it a swing? It, well, okay. So technically it's both. So like yeah. a swing is an offstage cover for an ensemble. Mm-hmm. But because the ensemble are in, in the show once that we did right. is also... Um, supporting characters right. they all have lines they all have scenes so technically it blends so we so i we were all and we always like we have a band out of that group called the understudies but technically we were also swings we were both and it's it's a weird fine line yeah that is interesting debatable i guess but but regardless yeah i covered two roles right and that was uh, so he covered he covered your role yeah. John's... billy the character of billy and da right? and da yeah the dad Sam's dad. That's yeah. That's crazy. You played so he played just kind of like the age jump on that was 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 great because sometimes Adam would have gray in his hair, right. and sometimes he he would not. What's this is so cool about Adam is he, he, he you are very like uh, uh, flexible with how you can the ages that you can play. Yeah, I don't I know mean, if you guys can. Yeah, I mean you guys can't see him right now, <laughs> but like if we were to t- how old are you, man? How old uh, are you? This Friday I'll be forty five. This 45. Friday. If you were sitting here right now and you looked at him and he was like 45, you would tell him that he is a goddamn <laughs> liar. <laughs> That's so Because he looks... Dude, you look like solid... Thir- if you said 33, 34... Exactly. I'd be like, oh yeah, no, totally. That's a hundred percent your age. Ten years. That's with a big beard too. Cause yeah. <laughs> yeah went, and that's yeah. crazy. Like you were... You were... Yeah, that's... It's just... It was incredible to watch you kind of play both so well um on during that tour you were spending two years kind of jumping around you you had a lot of free time you talked about how yes the understudies kind of made this band yeah um which was really i can attest from that i mean i thought it was really cool that y'all did that and there was like you guys made this uh a short it came out of boredom (laughs) we 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 would find ourselves uh, especially like on the first leg, because like the second leg was a little brutal. We were playing a lot of one-offs, and you know, and then we also had scheduled, you know, uh, scheduled on nights where where we would come and, and cover different roles. But like for the most part, the first leg of tour, um, we, we didn't really uh, go on a handful of times. Uh, mm-hmm. But so we we find ourselves, you know, once you once you learn the show and you're comfortable with what you're doing it's uh not in your back pocket i don't mean it that way but then again like you don't have to touch it as hard every day you know and so we find our, found ourselves every night in a theater for three hours 
surrounded by instruments and a you know an instrument vault full of full of good toys for us you know and we were like hey let's do this let's cover this let's play with this you know and uh, you can, yeah it was you a blast. can look up the understudies on you know all the social medias and yeah literally mm-hmm. the understudies and uh find a lot of awesome videos and uh, uh covers that they've done and they do you do shows you just had a show well yeah, still do shows in new york still do yeah. shows in new york yeah we're hoping to have uh next one on um the week of uh saint patrick's day i'm not sure if it's the 17th or not but yeah, um but gosh. yeah we should. so you get to make that um you have a couple years of this consistent i think that's something that I'd, I'd love to talk to you about is consistency or lack thereof of being an actor and even after you do you do a broadway tour for two years you um are playing two roles in that show you get to the end of that tour and what would he do kind of where are you did at you, mentally at the end of that tour did you feel like did you feel like for myself i felt kind of like on a high you know where it's like oh like almost like i'm under i'm indestructible you know like yeah. i i'm mm-hmm. that, this is this this being out of work is not going to last yeah, very that's long that's a reality check mm-hmm. right back. back to the drawing board and back to the audition world if you will i guess immediately after tour i got really lucky um and like in the last month of tour i sent in a video audition for another production of once which would be the first regional production. I got cast as as Billy in that, and uh, so I, right after tour, that was uh, I was very fortunate. It to was be nice part to jump that cast. For sure. Yeah, you fantastic. can see that that happens. I think that's something that a lot of people don't know is what happens is a show goes. This is just kind of like a theater knowledge thing. If you didn't know this, um, when a show is on Broadway, after it's it's on Broadway, it goes regional, which means like people all over the country can do it. You can buy the rights to the show and you can do the show, you know. Um, so when you have done the show working with original cre- uh, creative teams, um, you are high interest to get pulled into doing these regional shows. So it, there is something that you can kind of pull as much work as you can out of this show. And the, right. the, and it, we, we, you were very lucky in that you got to do once, which is like such a acclaimed show and a well-written show. So doing that show over and over again is you. There's a lot you can work with. You For know. sure. I always loved what the creatives would say. Like the think of the show as a ship, and the ship will will drift a little to the left, and the ship, you know, you push it back to the center, and then it'll go a little right keep letting it do that you know and you bring you steer it back to the center but you you don't it doesn't have to be a hard turn you know and i think that kind of goes with the way we played the music with the way we we created each scene or did each scene new each night you might try something different and then and then bring it back the next so you don't have to repeat what you what you tried the next night you know um but don't be afraid to do that and i i think that's the beauty of that show for sure there's just a life that breathes through that show and it changes and it's yeah. it's gorgeous coming away coming away from theater i'd, I'd love yeah. to talk about your experience with tv film theater versus tv film for you um what's what's more exciting i guess that's that's just uh, you know it's it's cliche because you hear this all the time but the truth is um, and I'll reiterate what I always hear people say is there is nothing like a live audience mm-hmm. and the immediate response and the immediate gratification 
whether it's cheers or boos or tears or whatever it may be to, you know, performing and bringing a story, telling a story in front of a live audience. There, there's nothing that will compare to that in my opinion. Mm -hmm. Um, but I've been lucky enough to be been on camera behind the camera and it's, uh, it's just a different and just as beautiful form of art. It's a completely different. It's, yeah. it's a different. Yeah, yeah, totally different. Yeah, it's it's yeah. Well, it's cliche, but it really is. That's the actor's kind of medium is Theater. is being on stage because right. that's what you live for. That that just that energy that you get, and that is a it is a visceral energy that you yeah. feel from the audience. Like you can, t if it's a bad audience, you can feel it. You know, and like, that informs it. Infor yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And I, we were just talking about this the other day. Um, I think for me, like the difference in film and like theater is like. I, I find more and more that like I enjoy film when I have when I get to be a part of the creative process of mm -hmm, it. And like mm -hmm. I was talking to Sam the other day, we were just talking about some of our ideas and stuff, and and I was saying like the best feeling in film for me is like when you're when you have somebody that you're filming and they're nailing it. Like it's not yeah. you acting yeah. in it, but you've written something and now you're watching them do it and they are nailing it and you're looking yeah. at it through the monitor or something like that. Like that's the real gratification for me, I think on the film side of it. Um when you start when you start when you start to become an audience member yeah. as a creative, like that's a beautiful exactly. thing. And when you get actors that, that can do that is it's really great. And and yeah, there's that difference between um, instant reaction to a choice that you make, which is what you have in theater. You get to see the instant thing as opposed to creating in a bubble, which is Film. It feels like more of a gamble. It feels like more. Yeah. Feels. Because you don't know if yeah. it's gonna work. And it's also. It feels like more of like a meditation for the actor rather mm -hmm. than like, here I'm gonna go do a show tonight. It's like you know what I mean. And yeah. I've got to do that show from getting in. It's like, like I need to meditate on this thing, and it's not for anybody else but for me. Right. Sort mm -hmm. of an idea. You know what I mean? Like yeah. I just. It needs to. Everything that I'm doing needs to be internal and for me because like that's all i'm getting out of this process yeah. is what's happening and you know and, and it'll, it'll be months or whatever before i even get to see what it looks like yeah mm -hmm. absolutely and i and it might not even turn out to be the performance i gave yeah. right well yeah, you yeah, have yeah, no yeah, control yeah, of the editing you know the yeah, yeah exactly the cutting room floor is you know sometimes your friend and sometimes not your friend and you don't what, have what's any been, control over that what what was the first thing that you did professionally because you're you're sag yeah, so you're saying okay. Uh -huh. um, so, what was the first kind of professionally paid <laughs> job that you did for film or TV? It was in Nashville. I got. I think I know what it is. What? No, it's not. Oh. No, I got hired to do an industrial commercial. Which oh, industrial? What industrial means is that the only people that see it are internal in that company. Yeah. Um, and so I did this industrial for Gideon's International, the the Bible company. Ah, uh, yes. Oh, had oh really? With, had nothing to do with my profession at the time. It just happened to be that that's what I got cast in. I booked I booked a job what? for Gideon There's International. Like when you go to the hotel Bibles. and you open that's, it up. Yeah, and the Gideon and it Bibles. Says the Gideon yeah. Bible. Oh, yeah, wow. They hand out the free Bibles everywhere. That's yeah. amazing. That is so funny. And it was fine. It was not a great piece of art, but it was it was fine. John was, I think, referring to the lottery commercials out here. No, I was talking about... You did lottery the, commercials? I did a Tennessee lottery oh, commercial. That's, yeah. That's awesome. You just Google Tennessee lottery javelin and you'll you'll see me. You can hear this. I you can hear Adam. Well, that's on like, YouTube. You guys want to win the lottery? <laughs> <laughs> 
Let me check these numbers. They for still you. play it. It's been like eight years. They still play really? it every. I'm sure that what is Japan's coming up, right? Yeah, I'm sure the that my lottery commercial will be on this summer. All right, it's guys, in, in well, Tennessee. Here we go. That's amazing. Yeah. Playing the lottery I in Tennessee. It. This is your guy. I we're talking about the video, or? the music video. Yeah, I did a music video, a couple music videos in there. A Jared Neiman video. Jared Neiman. He's he's a pretty big country he's, artist. Yeah. That's amazing. That's so Shine, cool. Shining on me, I think, is the name of the song. And you still look as old as you looked. In <laughs> That's funny. That. Well, obviously. Yeah. Uh, well, thank you. Appreciate that. You've so you've kind of put your toe into a lot of different things. Um, yeah. It's it's and and that's that's something that I think a lot of actors need to know. A lot of creators need to know. It's something that we try to. Um, instill in ourselves is that you gotta it's, it's it done are the days of the like one trick ponies kind of yeah, thing like you... you can't just be an actor right? no I no, mean, no you can and you can try that for however long it takes but especially with how easy it is for everybody to do whatever they want now like it's yeah yeah don't um, put yourself in a box just because don't you put don't yourself think in this is the trajectory that yeah you should be going and like oh like i like, I play music, but that's not where I want to go. Mm -hmm, so I'm gonna mm -hmm. shut all of those options off. Like, I, you, you're gonna really limit yourself. Yeah, hundred um, percent. And I love that. Uh, I want to talk about a couple more things with you before we get into talking about the short and kind of what we, what that night was yeah. like. Yeah. Um, let's talk about kind of other things. So we we have the acting. What have you reached into with? being on the other side of the camera and kind of being more on the creative, even though acting, I do think is an active creative team member. Um, what other facets of the filmmaking process uh, have you experienced? And um, yeah. Well, I think the most educational part of my professional life has been the last few years. I've had the distinct privilege actually of working with uh, a guy you might have heard of bruce willis um what is he in yeah what's he, he, <laughs> he what's what's he doing? coming um yeah um i don't know but i'm i'm an associate with a company called willis brothers films and i work with bruce and um i'm on set when he's on set and i uh, get to look at scripts and dissect dissect scripts and and words and um the, one of the biggest things that uh, I do is, um, if you don't know, like films are shot out of sequence. Mm. Um, and that's because you don't want to have, you know, the, the general reasoning behind that is like you don't want to reset uh, and move equipment to another equipment. If, you know, you've got six shots in the movie that are going to take place in this room, where are you going to shoot all six of them, mm -hmm. you know, out of order um, and then go... Uh, not necessarily out of order, but you're going to shoot those six, and then you're going to go to another location, location which, yeah. you know, things might fall in and out of place. Um, and it's hard to know where you are in the story a lot of times. Um, so, you know, part of my little job is, like, to discuss discuss the script, discuss, discuss the scene, and... Um, uh, talk things over and say, okay, okay, this is scene 79 and we are here and that person's not dead yet. Or, you know, this just happened or this is getting ready the, to happen. All the odds and ends just like in, in line. The clarity. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. absolutely. Because uh, yeah. it, it jumps around. It's a, it's a puzzle and it, it can get confusing. And, um, but it's uh, the being in that facet behind the camera, um, and being able to work in that professional setting is, uh, I don't know, just amazing. And uh, and so you've and you've been able to have access to some incredibly large 
film sets and probably yeah. all scales of things. Yeah, I worked on uh, several, uh, uh, I guess I've done eight movies with Bruce now uh, and a Broadway show. Uh, wow. Motherless Brooklyn class. You know, we, we've done some other smaller films as well. And uh, we we worked on, first met each other and worked on uh, Misery, um, mm-hmm. which is the Broadway mm-hmm. show that he um, he did in with uh, 2015 Metcalf? with Laurie Metcalf, yeah. who was such a phenom. She is she's a she's a beast of an actor. She's amazing, and her version of that character um, was absolutely beautiful. You know, it was just a great great show. I enjoyed the show. Of course, I was biased. I worked on it, but um, um, anyway, yeah. That's, that's if how you it could started. distill that experience of working with someone of that professional caliber you know that is like that is like when when people want to get into business or anything or, or the the thing to do is to kind of go someone that is at the top of their yeah their game um and kind of learn from that what would be a lesson that you have distilled from that experience with working with with bruce and on those big projects uh i really have felt for the most part that people are people uh and what i mean is like Every actor I've encountered, um, whether it's like Sam Jackson, or uh, uh, or you know Bruce himself, Ed. or uh, or Ed Norton, yeah, and it, it, they're just they're working, they're doing their craft, but they're just people. Mm-hmm. Now, some of them had mega success and they're you know worldwide celebrities, and you know maybe that changes some people. But like at the core, I always joke because people are always asking me like, how, how is Bruce, you know? And I'm like, he just normal he's like he was a struggling actor in new york he was a bartender and i always say he's still got a bartender's like demeanor he'll tell you a story and joke with you and then you know walk away because he's gotta go retap a keg or something you know (laughs) i mean but it's it's like that's that's who he is and i I think that's uh I had a like a wonderful conversation with uh, James McAvoy on set because I was interested in hiking and I was like I think I'm gonna go hike in Scotland and he was like well do this and do this and do that and we just had like this ten minute conversation because we were just two people yeah mm-hmm. and you know and I think that's the that's the takeaway that I've now I mean everybody it's funny like I want to I want to say generally speaking obviously but like the people who cause the most um, personality conflicts on a set are like extras <laughs> not because they're but they think they're like big right. time yeah, yeah, like, yeah. It's, or like, it's not the stars <laughs> this is my chance to like yeah, say something like, oh, yeah yeah yeah, yeah, like, yeah, oh, yeah. Man, just just be background like you're supposed to you know? yeah yeah I, and you're like they're people and and some people have bad attitudes but i mean it's like in everyday life there's assholes you know yeah what I mean? oh so, that's I mean, like, so true yeah no matter like, what profession you're in i feel like when people get mad or you hear there's all this hate uh, to about like oh this person did this thing on set or something like yeah. that well it's like people do that stuff in mm-hmm. everyday life mm-hmm. that's their life yeah. like stuff happens and you i i found myself on glass looking around one day we were shooting a scene outside of the hospital if you've seen that show it's or seen that movie it's it's near the end of the film and uh i was looking around and here bruce is over here yapping with somebody making making jokes um Sam Jackson sitting across the parking lot in his wheelchair. And of course, cameras aren't rolling at this time, but he's just shouting obscenities and <laughs> laughing and cracking up. And then, like, uh, James is over here um, just chit-chatting with somebody. And then Sarah Paulson 
who is such a wonderful actor, is sitting over here, and man, she is not. She has. She's. She is very much in character, and still, even even though the cameras are down right now, and I'm just like, it's like four different little aspects right. of the way people prep, the way people are as actors, and mm-hmm. none of them are. Um, wrong. They're all right. It's whatever works for that that actor. And but it was really a cool thing because like each one of them are just this little micro help to you know fill this micro m- microcosm of like what the industry is truly like. And it's, right. it was just it was a lot of fun. It was kind of a cool moment. I think that's a good thing. Like you're saying, like your biggest guess, your biggest takeaway from having these kinds of experiences that you're lucky enough to be a part of yeah. or and and talented enough to be a part of is. Uh, that it it basically is just demystified like that idea of mm-hmm. being at that level. People yeah. think, oh, I'll never be there because, like you said, you know, I'll never be there because you gotta. I'm be not this. a superhero. Yeah, I'm not a super. I'm not yeah. a superstar. I'm not like that. But it's like you should get there, and it's just a bunch of people doing their job and trying to get done to the end of the day. Mm-hmm. And it, it mm-hmm. never it never ceases to amaze me how many people it takes on the other side of the camera to make the one person on camera. Uh, not just look amazing, but just the whole process right. to to work. Um, I mean, for a movie like Brooklyn, Motherless Brooklyn, or or Glass, you know, there's 150 people for every actor. Yeah, off camera, you know, when you when you talk about wardrobe and yeah, catering yeah. and makeup, and you, you're talking about everybody, and it's amazing. And I have such a great respect for crews. And I'll just plug this: whatever movie you go see, don't get up. Until the credits have stopped rolling, because mm. those people with the in the with their names in the little white on the black screen right. uh, have worked their tails off, yeah. and it's it's a uh, it's know. very important. And it's I think that's important. actually the perfect transition. Speaking of giant crews, let's talk about um, <laughs> let's talk okay. about Santa's helper. So we we a couple months ago john had this idea we were shooting the music video burning a good thing for nicotine dolls um which is the band that me and john have and we were walking down the stairs and uh john had this idea about santa claus that i thought was hilarious and nissa also had jumped on board, jumped on board with it. Likes to take well, all it was the... kind of my idea too. <laughs> was it? Did I remember John? I remember John was like, "What if Santa tried to come up these we like spitballing together?" Right. I, it was yeah, a group I got the spit, I I I rolled the spitball in my mouth. Nissa blew it. <laughs> yeah. And uh, and what Sam caught about? it in his mouth. And I caught it in my mouth. <laughs> this is how we make movies. <laughs> we spit in each other's mouths. That's how Adeline makes movies. Right. Um, All right. But it was basically this idea of Santa Claus delivering gifts in a walk-up. Right? Right. And having to walk to the top floor of a walk-up in New York. Yeah. And, uh, and how... Uh, how hard you know exhausting that would be. exhausting that would you know be watching just... santa like take his jacket off and be like oh and you know we had uh the, there was definitely the visual from the get-go of like santa needs to vomit right, right? yeah that was one of the main things yeah. that had to be in it for me was so the ending had to vomit yeah. yeah and a kid had to be there just seeing this yeah so the deconstruction of of uh, of Santa, Santa Claus, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so we, great. so there was 
basically just an outline that we worked off of. And we were talking about who who we knew that could be Santa. And the Adam was obviously I think Adam was the only person I think he was yeah, he was that we thought of. Because I'm overweight. No, because like he's got the beard and he's got kind of the he's well, no, you have like the, the stature and the eyes. It's the red them. rosy. I have other overweight friends. <laughs> Jesus. Um, it was the rose. It's the rosy cheeks. So Adam has very rosy cheeks and kind of like sparkly eyes. Yeah, and very just, Anglican. And he's yeah, he's 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 a, he's a hot hot piece of piece of man. Um, so okay, so. Pre-production has happened. We, Adam jumped on board. John got the costume off of Amazon um, because this is what happens when you have no money. <laughs> you have to spend like, how much was the costume? Twenty-five. Yeah, like thirty. The costume bucks. was like thirty, 30 bucks. bucks altogether. Okay, so the costume was like thirty bucks. That lets you know what kind of quality you're going to get. For $30, you're going to get a certain type of costume. So we didn't see the costume. We got a text. Yeah. When did you text me? The day, the night before, I think. Or um, I was like, I just put on the costume. And yeah. I think we can make it work. <laughs> He's like, I think we might just need a hat or something. Because the hat is... <laughs> you were texting me. Do you have a hat? Yeah. yeah. I, the like, hat, nope. I thought the hat was the biggest was the issue yeah, i thought that was the biggest and from problem. how honestly from how john was spinning it i thought that this thing was made out of like plastic and it looked like so bad so in my so before we started the kind of the the, the day before we were meant to shoot this the story was santa claus goes up the the stairs and it's you know it is Sa- we're going to watch santa claus. santa claus it's supposed to be santa claus right. so we taught we I think it was like as we were getting ready, as think, Adam showed up yeah, and was we were like putting buying on the food and the vomit <laughs> mix for it, like yeah. walking to meet Adam, going, "Okay, this is this is how we're gonna frame this thing. How do we do this where the costume seems like it makes sense? Like, why would there? Why would he have a terrible costume? It's like we can't make him look like a legit Santa Claus. Yeah. So how do we get around that? And the the idea was that. Okay, well, he's not Santa. He just is like a guy that works for the North Pole and is in charge of Washington Heights. He does all the walk-ups, right? So here's this guy that's just like, he's kind of a, he's kind of like a non-union, maybe union worker <laughs> or like what he just like, he's like a task rabbit guy that gets hired out every year to do this <laughs> job. Grabbing. So Adam comes over. And we shot it, we shot it at my mom's apartment building. Um, and how we shoot, and how we've kind of gone about everything that we've done, just because we have no budget, um, is we have a camera. Um, one of us is operating it. Um, if we're in it, we'll take turns, like giving the camera away to someone. I get, you know, the 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 crew was me and John. I, I like John was making sure, you know, we were taking turns, flipping back. Like I, I, you're gonna direct this. I'm gonna I'm gonna make sure that the sound is okay here. And we would flip back and forth between making sure shit looks good and directing this thing. So I think the good thing about that is when Adam showed up. Adam's one of these actors where he shows up and you give him something. We're like, hey, this. He puts the costume on and it didn't look terrible, but it did. It ended up looking better. Oh, than we, way better than it, <laughs> yeah, than we yeah, thought. Yeah. Why does the boots? Yeah. But Adam's the guy that's just like, okay, 
Let's okay, cool. And he didn't know when he showed up. We were like, "Hey, listen, you're not Santa, even though this is what we told you. You're not Santa. You're Santa's helper." And also, no, there's no script, but we know that we're gonna get from point E, point A, is you walking in. Point, point, e. point E to point we're F. Point start e. at point E, and that's the hardest part. <laughs> we start at Out E. Out of sequence, see, I'm we get to seven. Yeah, exactly. Um, and we're like, we're gonna start downstairs. You're gonna end up upstairs. And whatever happens in between, we'll yeah. we'll figure it out. And uh, you know, Adam is an incredible improv uh, actor. That's Adam and John are both incredible improv actors. Well, I think it was so fun and and so helpful to have both of you all that were just spitballing stuff at me, and then I would take it and sometimes verbatim, sometimes just twisted or something mm-hmm. like that. But it was that I love that environment, and you all, I love the fact that both of you um, were you know just giving me things to, to feed on. And, uh, it was, it was just fun. That's kind of the, uh, the way that we've done a lot of our stuff recently, like turn it on, get know what we're doing. And I'm, we're just going to throw, like throw mm-hmm. suggestions out at you. And like, you can run with it or you can not, and you can do whatever you want with it. But that's been kind of, it's just kind of off the cuff, like very loose, Shoot um, from the hip. Yeah. Which I'm, we've gotten, we've, yeah, we've definitely gotten good at that. And that makes for a certain type of, of thing that you're watching, yeah, which is yeah. what a lot of our content has been. Yeah. So I would love to know, you know, that's kind of where we were production wise. It was just me and John running up and down this, you know, um, with Adam running up and down this building. Um, so for you, Adam, and don't feel pressured because, you know, we're right here. I'd love to know, like, what runs through your head in that situation. Is it is it is there any any panic from your end? Is there? I I, I think the preparation that goes into any project beforehand will ultimately make the final product mm-hmm. uh, either good or bad. And yeah, there there was a loose script on this project. But that didn't mean that you all hadn't put in the time to to prep and know what your story was, even though there was that adjustment of, mm-hmm. okay, you're not truly Santa Claus, you're Santa's helper. And it, that was an easy adjustment, actually. Um, but, like, I've been a part of projects where you show up and, like, logistics are screwed up. Or it, it, that just it blows the whole project or, or can if, like, somebody just dropped the ball on something. I never felt that with you guys Uh at all, I felt like you were right, right on top of the ball and, and, and knew exactly what was going on. And I kind of, going into it, I mean, you two are my friends, so like I was just going into like we're gonna have fun. This, we're gonna gonna be, this is gonna be yeah. great. Yeah. And uh, so yeah, you, you showed up and or I showed up and you all were like, okay, so here's the deal. Yeah, like, <laughs> yeah okay, cool, yeah. cool. I still Not get to like of... pour milk over my head. And, right. You know, oh, yeah. John had the soup that it's gonna be vomit later. <laughs> yeah. I'm like, like okay, I'm good. I don't care. Whatever. Not a lot of stakes on it. I, uh, yeah, I would blast, I would though. imagine that the more money that is in a certain project would would allow for mo- much more things to go wrong. Yeah, more like, moving parts, more hands involved. Mm-hmm, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. Um, I think what you do get when you have no money is you have so many limitations and time limitations. But what you out of that, you are able to create things that you wouldn't get. That, that it forces you to find the mo the best way to do something because you have to get the best thing you know and that's why we ha- we are so lucky in that and bringing you on to do that short is that we have very talented friends that are yeah kind enough to to lend time and lend their their ability to to just like make fun things with us like you doing this podcast with us uh, uh, this is 
been fantastic. I, I'm I'm so happy that we've been able to to do this, and that you are the first person that we've been able to talk to. Yeah. Um, you know, making that short was so much fun. It was one of the easiest things to edit on my end. Like putting your stuff together <laughs> was very easy. Kind of just like you 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 have these takes that are just on it, and kind of when we're filming it, it's it's nice as someone that 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 does stand behind the counter and then uh, the camera and then ends up cutting yeah. is that i can see some of those some of those takes like when you do them is yeah. like that's it and usually the they end up being that's what i know do we have any the b-roll? B-roll? <laughs> there is b-roll yeah yeah no we have we have love to see a boop blooper reel yeah yeah, yeah. no there's there's i mean most of adam's bloopers are just where he it's never like oh, i made a so adam's adam's a very honest <laughs> guy mad. and yeah. he's just like <laughs> just super serious you just hear him like <laughs> let me do it again let me do it again but thank you thank you so much for 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 sitting and talking with us and, and well, thanks thank for you having for, me yeah well yeah. i just i want to say one thing um like I, it, it, we're very fortunate to live in a day and time where like you can go to the store and buy a camera you can film something mm-hmm. on your iphone mm-hmm. you can you know and everybody's got access to things um and it's it's so important that we continue to make art but when we live in a day and time where we can make art that actually looks and sounds yeah, good. Yeah, like we got to do more of it. And I just think both of you, well, all three of you actually, Nissa, um, to, to like creating this company and, and to be doing this and, and doing it for free and to, you know, not that you want to do it for free, but like you, you got to start, you know, yeah, of it, course, it's amazing of the product that you've got and, and just the fact that you're, you're doing it and making beautiful art. And it's so much fun to be a part of. So I appreciate you, you. casting me in Santa's helper, but also for having me on this podcast. It's been a blast. Well, yeah, I want to piggyback off of that because that's the the main takeaway is like if you're not doing it, then, you know, it's so easy to do. It's so easy to do right now. And if you're not and that's such a cliche thing to say, but it's so true. And it's and even if you if you are someone that's lucky enough to be surrounded by talented people, that's why when 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 I have all my actor friends say things like I'm not getting work, I'm not doing I'm like, well, you just go go make your work and it's not going to pay you. That's the thing. But maybe if you make enough of it and you make enough noise and you say enough of what you think and how you see things, yeah. someone will eventually go, I agree. And yeah. that's, I mean, that's the whole point of what we do, what we do. Sure. But this has been, this has been great. Um, before we go, uh, I just wanted to give a little what's coming up and what we're doing. Um, the next thing coming up is our next short, which is a Weekend Away. And it was a improvised film that we did. Uh, again, no money, but we are going to the New York Independent Theater Film Festival at the New Ohio Theater on February 6th to see this movie is being screened there. And then the movie comes out, uh, the short film comes out on the 7th. Um, and then beyond that, I know John is currently writing. Yeah, almost basically done, just like... Little, little, little uh, rewrites, but uh, for the next short that we're going to shoot, mm-hmm. uh, tentatively titled uh, "Turtle and the Tiger," mm-hmm. um, just very funny. And we have um, a new music video coming out soon too. Yes, and uh, the Nicotine Dolls, uh, Nicotine Dolls are doing "Should Have Danced," which is the next song that the Our fourth music video that fourth music we video. will have produced mm-hmm. for that band. For that band, that mystery band, but. Uh, Thank you guys so much. That's kind of what we have in the pipeline. Um, 
Thank you, Adam Potter, for, for jumping jumping on board with us on this first podcast. Thank you to Nissa Nissa Grant over there in the corner, keeping us on time, writing down little notes like, don't talk so much about that, wrap it up. It's been... <laughs> <laughs> and good night. And good night. Um, my name is Sam Siri. I'm John Hayes. And this has been an, an Out of Line podcast. podcast. Thank you guys so much, and we will see you next time. Talk to you next time. Yeah, close enough.